Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Who says you can't learn from the real housewives? Meredith Marks of Salt Lake City has taught me that disengaging is the best way to go about things now. So I've chosen a few things that I, too, will be disengaging from from now on. I will be disengaging from paying my student loans. That refers to Sally Mae. That refers to Navient. That refers to Mohela. That also refers to Fed loans. I am disengaging with all of you, I no longer choose to pay you. And Meredith Marks says that that's perfectly fine. I am also disengaging from stepping on the scale ever again. I will now calibrate my scale every time I step on it to tell me that I've lost weight. I am disengaging from allowing Bravo to constantly upset me by giving Kelly Dodd a platform. It's your new episode of Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. It's the Reality Roundup episode. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is Kendrick Tucker, of course, the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. Here to talk to you about reality TV. Now, of course, you guys know last week was Thanksgiving. I took the week off, just like I did at the end of October, to go on a little vacation. Look, I know y'all be mad, but I I have to get my mental well-being right, okay? These people at work have been working the dog bleep out of me, and I need to take a little break every now and then. So I took the last week off. Chose to be with family. So I'm not going to cover a lot of the stuff that happened last week on reality TV. Instead, I'm just going to act like y'all watched it. Hopefully you did. And we're just going to kick it up with this week's stuff. Now, 
these episodes are going to be pretty loaded going forward because man oh man we got the real housewives of dallas trailer this week that's coming out the beginning of january the real housewives of atlanta premieres this upcoming sunday potomac is still the season is about to end but they have a reunion most likely four parts so that'll get us through december we got uh what else we got the bachelorette still going on Little Women Atlanta just dropped their trailer, and I don't care if, if not one person watches Little Women Atlanta that listens to my podcast, I'm going to talk about it. That and Married to Medicine are probably my two favorite reality shows, just two of the funniest cast out there on TV. So if you are listening to my voice and you have never watched Married to Medicine on Bravo or Little Women Atlanta on Lifetime, do yourself a favor and just binge both of them. Two of the funniest shows on TV. What else do we have? I think that that might be it. I don't know. But even if that is just it, you know, Love and Hip Hop ain't back yet. So we still just, you know, we we doing what we can, child. I'm waiting on Mona to give us something. I know that, you know, Love and Hip Hop is like the bottom of the barrel. But, you know, they ratings are still just through the roof. And I enjoy them. I shouldn't. But they are just the chaos that get me through my Mondays. So I miss love and hip-hop. I don't care if y'all give me give me New York. Give me Hollywood. Give me uh, 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 Miami. Give me Atlanta. You know, Atlanta the one we really want. I need to see what happened between uh, light-skinned Keisha and <laughs> what was the girl, Akbar, Big Back V, or whatever the girl name was. I need to see what happened between the two of them. Now, see, what other kind of TV shows are you going to get characters like a, 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 a Spice, a light-skinned Keisha, and an Akbar V? Now, see, that that's golden television right there. I'm here for all of it. Now, whether we getting that again, I don't know. I know the cast has been filming. Who knows if we'll ever see them again with the way COVID is cracking down. They said today was the highest cases ever uh, in history of COVID. So, Lord only knows if we'll actually ever, you know, get to see love and hip-hop ever again. It'll be a sad day, but Lord knows they're coming out with reality shows uh, about the twos every week. So, I mean, damn, I'll find something to watch. Let me get a couple of clerical things out of the way. So I told you guys I wasn't recording last week, but I did end up recording uh, Thanksgiving Eve. That was the reason why I didn't put an episode out because I knew I was going to be recording with somebody else. And of course, it was one of my favorites. If you guys subscribe to, and if you haven't, please subscribe to Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast. Every now and then, me, Stephanie, Taria from the uh, What Else Is Going On podcast, and Obi from the Odd Black Individual podcast, we get together, shoot the shit, talk about everything from Bravo to uh, being black in America to any. Listen, we go off on so many tangents that we might start off talking about Bravo, but we might end up talking about uh, the Hillary Clinton and uh, <laughs> and her having to whoop Monica Lewinsky's ass. You, you, you never know. So we had a conversation. It's about two hours long. We talked for about five, just so y'all know, five or six hours. But uh, Zoom was acting an entire ass that day. So some of our conversation didn't record. But you get a lot of Potomac talk. You get a lot of, you just get a lot of goodness. We're going to have to get back together and talk about Salt Lake City either at the end of the season or something. But we, we we talked about some good stuff. So hopefully you guys tune in. Go over there. Subscribe to Stephanie at Mocha Minutes Podcast. And give all those guys a follow. I mean, 
if you if you think that episode's hilarious, I just wish y'all could be a fly on the wall for our group chats. We, uh, man, we always just have to say, like, we got to get together because if we don't, <laughs> some of the gaslighting that goes on on Instagram is ridiculous. I hate saying gaslighting on this podcast because I feel like I'm giving Lisa Renner a platform and y'all know I low key want to fight Lisa Renner, but that's look, that's a, that's a whole other story for another day. Okay. We're not going to, I'm not talking about Lisa Renner on this podcast, but y'all need to go and subscribe to that and listen to it. Our own little state of the union. The episode is called we got notes because y'all know we got notes. Also, Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast. I'm going to be doing a couple of good things for you guys this uh, December. So first, I have a little video series that's coming out. It's going to be hilarious and it's going to ruffle some feathers. And y'all know I love to ruffle feathers, but y'all are going to love it. It's, it's entirely for the audience. It's going to have some of your favorite Bravaholics featured. And I think you guys are going to love it. So make sure I don't want you guys to miss that. Make sure you are following me on Instagram. And I'm also going to do a little giveaway in the month of December. I I don't know when I'm going to announce it, but I'm going to give away a couple of gift cards. And I kind of want to do it in conjunction with another Bravaholic, but I don't, that I haven't worked out yet. I might just do one and then maybe around birthday time or uh, the podcast birthday, I'll do something big with a lot of other Bravaholics. So we'll see about that. But you guys, you know why you're here. I'm already eight minutes in and I've been rambling about a whole lot of other stuff. Love and hip hop. How do I always bring up love and hip hop? We're not even airing. I don't know. I feel like my life has kind of a void in it without love and hip hop. But anyway, let's go ahead and I'm going to talk about The Bachelorette in length because it was a phenomenal episode. And I'm going to talk a lot about Salt Lake City, the, uh, the newest episode. I'm going to hit on Potomac. But I'm really kind of saving all of my Potomac juju for the season finale that's coming up. Because it looks like there's going to be a whole lot of gang banging and uh, <laughs> and flag waving in Potomac this upcoming episode. A whole lot of furniture moving, all kind of stuff. So, And Giselle looked like she had a crown on. I don't know what was going on, but it's a supersized episode. And we'll get our first sneak peek at the reunion. So you already know I'm excited. So let's do this. Let's talk about... The Bachelorette. The opening of this episode is a prime example of why y'all should have never gave us money. <laughs> that was a Dave Chappelle reference. Don't mind me. Uh, uh, don't cancel me yet. Listen, I when these people, y'all be telling me, like, you know I told y'all when they said we were getting a new Bachelorette. I, for the longest time, I thought Fantasia was going to be on a Bachelorette. Turns out it was Tasia Adams. Now, I didn't know who the hell Tasia Adams was. I knew Fantasia because when I think about you, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. And so, I look, I was ready for Fantasia to come out there. I know that lady had a whole husband. So, I can't tell you the rationale in my mind about why I, for some reason, thought this lady was going to be on The Bachelorette. But anyway, this episode... I see somebody walk in. They keep talking about somebody Fletcher. I thought they were talking about Ari Fletcher, uh, Moneybag Yo's girlfriend. You know, that's my favorite rapper. I'm like, hey, okay. Maybe we'll get a Moneybag, uh, you know, a little cameo. Maybe we'll get a Moneybag walkthrough. You know, when they, ooh, I miss the days of going to the club. Actually, I don't because I stopped going to the club so long ago. It's ridiculous. But the days, 
when a celebrity would get paid like $10,000 and they would just do a walkthrough. Them and their entourage would be there for like all of three seconds and then they would get the hell out of the club before they started shooting. <laughs> I know the feeling. Look, you're not about to keep me in that club and y'all in there uh, gang banging and furniture moving. I'm not doing none of that with y'all, okay? But turns out it was somebody named Jojo Fletcher. Now look, you know I'm new to Black Bachelor Nation. Jojo Fletcher is a previous bachelorette somehow all of these people are just the best of friends because they keep popping up in other people's uh situations and they giving them advice like they've known them all their life i don't know the inner workings of the bachelorette so they they very well could be best friends now do i believe that no but you know maybe jojo fletcher is a, a, a icon of the past and they wanted to have her do a walkthrough <laughs> like she was at a club. She was at Club La Quinta and she wanted to get a little walkthrough, get a little piece of change. And so she went through. I'm not mad at you, Jojo. Now, y'all didn't talk about absolutely nothing during that little conversation. So I'm going to move right on past that. OK, we cut to the scene where all the men, you know, that one that one small ass living room that they all sit in for some reason. They cut to that scene and Chris Harrison comes in. You know, he don't never knock on them people's door. He just walk and bust the hell in. Ed got on his ass last episode about that. Now, that shit was funny. Last episode when that man showed up to the wrong house and ended up having wine at 2.30 in the morning with Chris. That was some funny shit. Uh, the Bachelorette Peoples, I like the way y'all produce, okay? That's my kind of chaotic uh, Bravo TV VH1 kind of shit. So, I'm with y'all right there. Chris Harrison comes in. He says, look. I got shit to do. My son is going uh, away to college and I'm going to make sure I go with him because I might have to cuss out the registrar and you know, you know, them registrars in the financial aid offices, they, they might get loud with your child. Look, you know, they act like it's their damn money. Girl, let me sign up for this pottery class and get the hell on about my business so I can get this easy ass credit and I can have one credit down. Like, what are you doing? Let me get them a few hours. But look, let me tell y'all something. Chris Harrison was lying. That man was lying through his damn teeth. He just wanted a little break. He was on a vacation. He said, look, y'all ain't about to get my ass sick. Let me leave for a little while and uh, quarantine just to make sure because I don't. He said, <laughs> the man said, I heard uh, Bennett was over there coughing the other day. He like, oh, hell no. Nah, you ain't about to be coughing on me. Let me take a little break. What college are you about to physically take your son to during the middle of a damn pandemic? Now, keep in mind, they recorded that this summer when the stuff was at its highest. I know damn well you ain't took no child physically to college in the middle of the Rona. Now, you have to convince me of that, Chris. Your ass lying, but you know what? I lie sometimes, too, so I'm going to let you get away with that, okay? <laughs> I'm not mad at you about it. He said he going to leave them in JoJo's hands for the week. My question is, one, how long you going to be gone? And two, when you get back, are you going to quarantine? Because if that lady is only there for the week, you supposed to quarantine for two weeks if you leave in the, uh, the damn La Quinta. I need to know all of that. I want blood test results. I want to know if you had uh, gonorrhea in the past. I need you to look, spit in this cup. Give it to somebody. Give it to that lady. Uh, <laughs> them people that uh, Ben was sexually harassing. He took off his clothes randomly during the episode. Give it to them. Let them go test it at uh, at Ancestry.com. And then you give it back to us. Because we need to make sure you didn't catch none when you was dropping your imaginary child off at college. Child, look, I ain't going to get over there. That man lied to y'all and y'all just let him. But, okay. 
we find out that Zach is the one that has the solo date with Tasia this week. So they go, <laughs> look, there was so much chaos during this portion of the episode and I'm probably the only one that noticed, but the photographer man was giving way too much for me visually. I was sitting there looking like, okay, it's a lot going on. And I feel like Zach is over here trying not to laugh. And I honestly wouldn't be mad if he did laugh because it was a lot going on. A man that was dressed like Lieutenant Dangle from Reno 911. Do y'all remember Reno 911? Lieutenant Dangle used to have them days to do song. Look at that boat, them days to do song. I want you to look at that boat. I, I started singing that song immediately when they showed that photographer. I want you to look at them, go them days to do I'm down the back. Look, that man, <laughs> he was giving Tasia all them tacky ass AliExpress wedding ball gowns to try on. Zach had a ton of mariachi band outfits to try on, and they started taking all these pictures like they just so in love. Tasia breaking down. I've been married before. That man like, girl, me too. Come on so we can hear him get out this hot, itchy shit. Hell. They end up connecting on a somewhat deeper level, mostly because they both reveal that they've been married in the past. You cut to later on in the, uh, the episode, later that night, and shit gets deep. Zach starts to talk about his past. He talks about how he graduated, but for some reason he wasn't feeling well mentally. It turns out that he had a brain, I was about to say inoperable brain tumor. That man had surgery. <laughs> so let me stop. I'm going to sit up here acting dumb and this is a real serious moment. The man had a brain tumor and he had surgery the day after he found out he had it. He ended up getting hooked on pain medication. He decided to get married for some odd reason because you know, I, when you when your life is filled with that kind of, you know, chaos, especially one that's drug induced, whether it's prescribed or uh, illegal drugs, when it's when that fuels your life, you make all kind of irrational decisions. He decided to get married at the age of 23. I'm not saying that y'all out there that got married to y'all high school crush right out of high school that y'all are irrational. Now, I wouldn't do the shit, but I'm not calling you irrational. He started hanging out with all types of sketchy people. He got arrested. He got a DUI, all kind of stuff. His wife said, ah, ah, I'm not doing this. She ended up leaving him with the quickness. He tried to steal from his dad. And apparently, I guess this was the lowest point of his life. Tried to steal from his dad. He went to the bank with a check, something like that. And luckily, the what's the person name? The banker was back there. She was like, something about this ain't right. So she called his dad. His dad came down there and got him. And he realized, you know, both the family and him just kind of realized like, okay, it's time for me to get my life together. He ends up going to rehab. He stayed there for about four and a half months. And now all of these years later, he's actually, he sits on the board at that rehab center that he uh, was treated at. How amazing is that? If that's not a testimony, let me tell y'all something. I wish I had church music to play right now. He may not come when you want him. But he's always, always on time. Let me tell you something about it. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Say it with me. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. I know that's right. He ends up getting that rose and all is well at the La Quinta. We then get to kind of the, the peak of the episode, for me at least, which is the big group date. But can I first say, <laughs> before I dive into that, because there's a lot to kind of dissecting that scene i feel like i've kind of learned 
that I'm not necessarily hardwired for The Bachelorette. I don't think I'm the target audience for this show, even though I've kind of fallen in love with it. I'm I'm going to admit, like, you know, I I tune in every single Tuesday and I watch live now. Like, I'm hooked on it. So I'm 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 in Bachelor Nation. Now, I'm not going to go back and watch the old seasons or nothing. So y'all have to tell me who the hell all these people are. But, you know, I'm I'm starting to realize, though, despite that, that I don't think I'm the target audience. See, you know, my brand of TV is a little bit messy. You know, I've never apologized for being a Green Eyed Bandit fan. You know, uh, I think that Evelyn Lozado keeps up the perfect amount of shit on Basketball Wives. I think that Jackie Christie's uh, brand of crazy is always on point. You know, I'm that kind of reality TV watcher. I read some of the comments sometimes. I was thoroughly entertained by Bennett this entire episode. Bennett was keeping up so much shit, and I loved every minute of it. But I know some of y'all were mad. Y'all were like, uh-uh. We, it seems like y'all are rooting for love while I'm rooting for the mess. Now, if that's, I'm putting that on a T-shirt. While you root for love, I root for the mess. And then it's going to have Denise Richards' uh, picture on it. <laughs> Let me leave that lady alone. That lady don't even work at damn... Uh, Bravo no more. I was about to say that lesbian don't work at Bravo no more. Bronwyn is the only lesbian on the network now. We're going to leave them the hell alone. So, it's, listen, it's a lot. It, it's a lot happened today. I'm recording this on, child, what day was it? Uh, Wednesday, December 2nd. It was so much announced in the Bravo sphere. The, the Bronwyn is a lesbian now. She, her mar- I guess she has an open marriage. I don't know. Uh, but kudos to Bronwyn. I really want to watch OC because of her. But in but Kelly Dodd, you know what you've done. I'm not watching that shit because of you. Anyway, this is about the Bachelorette. This ain't got nothing to do with Kelly Dodd. Big head ass. Back to this big group date. The reason I love this group date so much because it was all about vulnerability. Now we don't get to see men be vulnerable really anymore. We're finally starting to see like walls come down for men you know we've been as a society we've been pushing toxic masculinity for so long that when we actually get to see men having real open honest moments on tv i know i welcome it i welcome it a whole lot it starts off with some mess though Tay just says where she go sit and bennett like i'm sitting right next to her but noah's already in the seat bennett said "Uh uh-uh look girl the producer, he had said that I'm supposed to sit right here. You didn't see him when he said that? Noah, like, uh-uh, I ain't see him when he said that. Well, he said it. He said that for, you know, for continuity, I got to sit right here. And then you got to take your uh your, your mustache having ass across the room over there by, by that dude that be playing with the Eagles. What's that boy named Blake? You got to sit by Blake, uh, the, the, the animal saving ass, and then we'll start the scene. Noah got his big dumb ass right up and went over there and sat down while Bennett reaped the benefits of his mess and sat next to Tasia. You think I'm mad at Bennett? No, I'm not. I like a smart motherfucker. This big group date is kind of divided into three main parts. So the first part, which they walk in on, is a naked couple, N-E-K-K-I-D, N-E-K-K-I-D, not N. A K E D, not N A K E D. I'm talking naked, not naked, naked, not naked. Why do I make out a song out of everything? Let me let me stop. <laughs> that was hot though. I'm put that. I'm gonna listen. 
You can buy that ringtone uh, on Black Friday 2021. <laughs> I need a little time to produce that and get that together. It'll take me a full year because y'all know I be uh, procrastinating. Anyway, it's divided uh, into three parts. The first part is them drawing the naked couple, and which is, you know, doesn't really seem to go towards much. There's no real uh, wow factor in this portion of the date. The second part is when they're molding stuff out of clay. This is really kind of vanity too. You know, Blake sat his ass up there and uh, molded that big old dick. That's when we found out that Blake is perpetually horny. He's sitting up there uh, drawing dicks. He molding dicks. He uh, getting hit with dicks. He touching dicks. It's all kind of stuff with dicks going on as far as Blake is concerned. He is only concerned about sex and sex only. He said, I don't, <laughs> he said, I'm not trying to do none of this shit. I'm just trying to get one of these nighttime dates with Tasia. I know one thing, newsflash, I bet none of them housekeepers want to touch any of the towels at the La Quinta. I know y'all, Tasia been uh, in that room locked up by herself and y'all ain't had, y'all haven't had a thing but them right hands to keep y'all company. I, I wouldn't touch not, I'm about to go real Southern on y'all. I wouldn't touch not now towel in the La Quinta. I'd be picking up, I wouldn't even pick up the towels. I'd be like, look, we got some fresh towels for you. Oh, you want these? Uh-uh, you keep them too. Ma'am, I got a room full of towels. That's okay, you go keep them towels. We we don't touch them no more. It's because of COVID. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It's because of COVID. We're not touching the towels. Oh, it's because of COVID? Yeah, we're not, we not touching them, baby. You just burn them towels and we'll just keep bringing you some more. We got a Target right up the street. We just go to Target. We get some new towels and it's okay. They got a whole budget. They got a $100,000 budget just for towels for the La Quinta for uh, filming The Bachelorette. You'll be okay. Just burn them towels, baby. I'm not doing nothing with them towels. The main thing to kind of highlight out of the second part of this date is that Noah and Bennett, their little rivalry still continues. Noah is mad and said that Bennett ain't doing shit but talking about how rich he is and how Harvard educated he is and how long his Johnson hangs and swings to the right. And, you know, I, I might have made that last part up, but you know what I'm talking about. I, don't, I just got a feeling that Bennett, you know, when he not uh graduating Harvard and not driving that long ass car, that he just knocking them down, I don't, <laughs> knocking them down. I don't know. I just feel that in my spirit. But listen, this ain't about Bennett. Well, actually, it is about Bennett. We'll circle back to Bennett and his Johnson later on. Side note. The funniest part of this episode to me, you know, it's always one random thing that, that cracks me up. Noah was trying to throw shade at Bennett about how to spell privilege. He said, hey, 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 Bennett, how do you spell privilege when uh, Bennett was talking about all those houses? But child, the funny part was, was that that boy sat there on camera and spelled it wrong. If that wasn't the funniest shit to me, he said, hey, Bennett, how do you spell privilege? Is it P-R-I-V-I-L-E-D-G-E. Boy, no, that's a privilege, like what you sit on. I, you got the fact, I guess, look, I guess we ain't had to rely on nothing in life. You you sit on your privilege, I guess. <laughs> Come on, boy. Look, look at you, Noah. You made a whole new, uh, a whole new reason. I told y'all, the theme of this episode is God will find a way. He will make a way for you. Now, see, Bennett, you didn't, I mean, Noah, you didn't know how you were going to get through all these dates and how you were going to win Tasia's heart. Well, you know what? There's a privilege for you to sit on, okay? There's a privilege for you and for you only. When God wants you to walk 
in that path. He will always provide you with a privilege. Do you hear me? Somebody can, can the church say amen? Amen. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. The third part of the date was literally the best though. All of the men were just like incredibly vulnerable and you know, we love to see it. It was literally the antithesis of toxicity. Oh, my tongue's so big. I could barely get that damn word out. See, I'm over here trying to sound smart. Like, I, look, I ain't got four degrees like Miss Wendy, but I got two, okay? I got a bachelor's and a master's. I just got a big tongue and I'm from the South, okay? So some of these words trip me up a little bit. Let me try that again. The antithesis of toxicity. How y'all like that? If you don't like it, damn you, okay? Some of the ones that stuck out to me the most. Uh, I really like Ben, uh, was it Brendan? when he did the self portrait and he turned it the other way and said that he's been wanting somebody, uh, that he can, you know, live his life with. It was kind of empty, but it was, you know, it was cute. You know, it was a little for around the house. You know, it was, I like that. Okay. Ivan, he made her pit, you know, put in the last puzzle piece for her and, you know, tell him about his dad, how he's 73 years old. God damn. And how he's a two-time cancer survivor and, you know, all these different things and how it just, you know, it, it makes him see life differently and what he wants and how he wants Tasia to fit in at last puzzle piece. That was a good one. Riley. Wow. That one. And I don't know if that man made that story up, but if he did, he need to go into, he need to quit whatever job he got and go right into science fiction. Cause that was a good ass story. Riley said that his mother called him out of the blue after he hadn't talked to her for years and they talked about everything. And she asked him at one point, uh, what do you want most in life or something like that? And he told her that I just want to play with my little girl. You know, I want to have children and a wife and I want to play with my little girl. I want her to love me, all this kind of stuff. And his mom was like, what kind of man thinks about that kind of stuff? And he's like the kind that never had that kind of stuff. He has never had that kind of loving parent-child relationship, so he's longing for it, and so he's going to make sure that when he actually has a child, he's going to give her everything and more. Now, Riley, we love to see it. Look, black men raising black daughters, we love to see it, okay? Y'all keep them in your lives because, look, all these little nasty-ass boys go be out here chasing up these black women's skirts. Y'all better tell them, teach them to uh, hold themselves with pride. But look, don't talk to, you know, talk to them nice. You know, you got to love on your daughters. Don't talk to them the way the owner of that true kitchen restaurant talked to them people in their restaurant. Don't talk to them like that. That was some funny shit, but I'm going to let y'all Google that true restaurant. Now, I don't know. Don't talk to them like that, okay? We'll just leave it at that because that man, uh, his petty ass, he'll find this podcast and sue the hell out of me. And I ain't got no damn money, so. In retrospect, the biggest one during the third part, oh, let me <laughs> let me rephrase that because that man was naked. The 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 most bang for your buck. No, ooh, wait a minute. Ooh, this is so nasty. Hold on. Uh, the 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 most climactic. Oh dear. Listen, the one that stood out the most <laughs> was Ben. Not necessarily in that moment. But when you get down the line in the episode, you see why that moment was so powerful for him. Ben had made her a goofy ass picture, but then, you know, he, he was basically telling us, I don't know how to express emotions like that. You know, I have all these feelings that are just like crammed inside, but I don't know how to express emotions. 
So he ends up leaving and coming back in the robe and he gets butt ball naked in front of these people. N-E-K-K-I-D. I said N-E-K-K-I-D. Not N-A-K-E-D. I said not N-A-K-E-D. See, that ringtone gonna be off the chain. Y'all gonna be trying to bat it up like you remember back in the day when, uh, <laughs> let me stop. I was about to go on a ghetto ass, long ass tangent, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm trying to keep this short. I'm gonna have to edit this and go to bed at some point. So let me, uh, get my life together, okay? He came out butt naked. And was talking about, you know, I I want to give you all of me and, you know, yada, yada, all the stuff. He did the big reveal. And uh, he covered up his thing thing, though. You know, it wasn't a big reveal. But, you know, <laughs> it was a reveal. How about that? He revealed himself. And Tasia ends up basically having a little breakdown. And she says, you know what? I can't give out one rose. I want to talk to all of y'all tonight. And, you know, I can't pick a winner or whatever it is. And so I respected for that because there were some powerful stories. And one of the random things that I loved more than anything was when they stopped during that time and they showed Brendan giving kudos to Riley. He said something to the effect of, oh, my God, that was really powerful. I almost teared up when you were talking. I did. Too. Well, now I'm a thug, so I don't I didn't tear up. But, you know, it was you know, that's good to see. I, I love seeing men encourage other men to actually show their vulnerable side and to show a different side of them other than maybe the constant joking that they're used to. So kudos to all of that. I I loved every moment of it. Later on, when the men are, you know, just uh, pulling Tasia aside on the little individual date, we get to see why that moment with Ben was really so powerful. He talks about how people have always kind of assumed uh, things about his life. He begins to tell her that he's had an eating disorder for 15 years. And he, around the age of 15, really started to realize girls and kind of started to pay more attention to them. But he realized that no girl wanted the fat kid, which he was. And that's why he's so like, if you follow him on Instagram, which I do, then you you see him doing, you know, like he I'm talking about nothing other than fitness. He's talking about nothing. He's, you know. He's a, a a nutritional coach and all this kind of stuff. He has his own like bodybuilding club. He is like super into it. Like it's his life. And he, that kind of explains why. And so around the time when he was 15, he stopped eating. He would work out all the time and he ended up being bulimic. Now a man opening up about that level of, oof, that level of trauma, really. I mean, that's the only way to describe it is wow you don't really see it often they were both gotten like really emotional and obviously he ended up getting the first date roles because if you open up like that i'd be damned if i open up like that and you don't give me the first date roles as soon as you pinned it on somebody else i'd snatch the hell out of that damn rose i got chris harrison would have to come and get me after he quarantined for two weeks he'd have to come get me and and, and snatch me out of the laquinta i would cut the i'd it, I would show out so goddamn bad at the La Quinta. Y'all wouldn't know what to do with me. Whew, but he he got it. He got the first date rose. You know, the other guys were a little upset. But, you know, Ben deserved it more than anybody. And we thought that easily deserved this solo date that he got more than anybody. But, child, I, I know he wished he was on that damn group date now because, whoo, let's get into it. You know, everybody is so happy that Easy got this solo date. He had been wanting it. You know, it seemed like him and Tasia had great chemistry. They had this kind of like horror movie date 
horror movie date. Horror movie date. I cannot, I, I can't pronounce silent. Horror. Horror. Okay. They had a horror movie like date. Not horror movie. Just a horror date. They like turned all the lights out at the La Quinta. <laughs> now, I don't know what the hell the other bachelors were doing during this time. Why they, why they, why they up there playing footsie. They uh, turned off these people electric. They can't take no damn showers. They can't watch TV. They can't do nothing. They sitting up there waiting on uh them to get done with whatever cutesy shit they doing so they can turn the damn lights on. They finally get through all this and then they go to, you know, the little dinner that ends the, the little solo dates. They're doing all this talking and Easy opens up to her and he tells her, you know, I'm really kind of falling for you. Taja was like, ah, 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 that's, that's cute. Even though she was doing all that laughing and schniggling and giggling, you know, ooh, that's a, I let the old person creep out of me then and all that schniggling. Sitting up there doing all that schniggling. But then she uh act like she uncomfortable when he said, I'm falling for you. My thing is, she used the reasoning of, I'm not falling in love that fast because he said I'm falling in love with you already but you're not falling in love with him that fast when you're on a show where the premise is to fall in love that fast like look Tasia if you don't want a black man just say that <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm I, look you don't 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 give me the smoke, Tasia. I'm just telling you. If you don't want a black man, just say that. But if y'all remember when I started, when I started this bachelorette journey, don't take no offense to this anybody, but I told y'all, I said, Tasia is not going to end up with a black man. One, because I think she has great chemistry with some of the other guys that are not black. I think the only guy that really kind of stood a chance was Ivan and... Ugh, let me see. I was about to go on a whole colorism thing. And listen, this is about to become a real deep episode. I know y'all just looking to laugh. Let me give y'all a little piece though. I knew she wasn't going to end up with easy or none of the other guys. The only ones that I thought she might do were Riley because, you know, Riley really kind of opens up a lot to her and Riley got a good ass job and all that kind of stuff. So she's like, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Riley. But Ivan looks like, Tasia. Ooh, how do I say this? Ivan looks he uh, he's commercially pretty as a black man. Does that make sense? Like I don't see, you know, Ta ooh, let me you know what let me go. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. I don't see Tasia winding up with somebody that physically looks like a Riley. Or an easy. I think that if she go wind up with somebody black, it'll be someone that looks like Ivan. Now, that's not a, a, a bad thing about Tasia. I think it has a lot to do with the way she was raised. I think she probably prefers, especially based on her dating history, and nothing wrong with it. I think she probably prefers white men. She probably prefers mixed men. I don't know what experience she's had with black men in the past. So it would make me wonder if she's actually building connections with these guys or if she already basically has her top four locked. I do think Ivan will be in her top four, but 
Uh, listen, that ain't for me to decide. Tasia, you wrong as hell for booting that man out of there. He would already been booted out of the NFL, and now you done booted his ass out of the La Quinta. You wrong as hell for that, Tasia. And then you ask that man, that grown-ass football-playing man, kid, you walk him to the curb. That was some low-down shit. That man was like, are you sure? You was like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you a savage. Classy, boozy, ratchet. I'm not mad at you, but you low-down for that shit, Tasia. We then get to the big climactic ep- part of the episode where Bennett and Noah have this little sit-down before Tasia enters. You know, earlier in the episode, Tasia basically says, I need to pull you to a side. There's too much drama and mess between y'all, and I need to figure out what's going on. I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about that scene first, but then I'm going to give you my conspiracy theory. You know, I'm low-key a conspiracy theorist. Not about, like, government and all that kind of stuff, but I'm like a TV whisperer. I'm like a Hollywood a uh, 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 conspiracy theorist, you know, I, 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 I conspire about that kind of stuff, you know, my, so they get into the room after they've gotten dressed and everything and they're waiting on Tasia and Bennett actually has a gift for Noah. Bennett was, uh, Bennett was messy this episode, but I loved every minute of it. Bennett had a red bandana because he wanted to offer him a truce. Now, I don't know if that man was blood or, you know, gang, gang, gang. I don't know what was going on, but he said it was because he wanted to offer him a truce. So we, we just go believe that. Okay. We don't need to call Tukey Williams or nobody. He said it was for, to offer that man <laughs> some peace in his life. I guess so. He then gives him a pair of socks that had little mustaches on them. Now that shit was funny. He said, because the only place a man needs a mustache is on his socks. I know that's right. Uh, Noah came in there with that shit on his lip. I don't know what the hell that was, but I'm glad Taser shaved that shit off. I, he couldn't have been getting no play outside of La Quinta. Like, I refuse to believe that women were seeing that mustache and were just like, mm, me, I want next. No, I don't believe that. You better be glad <laughs> Taser told you before you left this damn house. But the last thing, he gives him a book. And it's an emotional intelligence book. There are four pillars to emotional intelligence. And Bennett tells that man that he lacks three of the four. Now, that look, that's the old Phaedra Parks classy read right there. You don't get them kind of reads on TV no more. Bennett is Harvard educated. That man said, I'm going to read you from dusk till dawn. And I'm going to do it from the comfort of this couch. And I'm not going to do nothing else. I'm not going to put my hands on you. I'm just going to read you from up to down, from left to right. And then they hit us with that to be continued, you bastards. So let me go ahead and hit y'all with my conspiracy theory. So if you recall, Tasia, Claire had gotten it down to 16 men. Tasia came in and they then brought four new men into the house. Noah was one of those men. Um, you know, I, I talked with Taria today, Taria from the what else is going on podcast. If you're not uh, subscribed to that, go and subscribe to it. Taria is the best. We were talking and she was wondering if this, you know, this kind of little conflict between the two of them was real. My theory was, I was kind of waiting to tell her, but my theory is, you know, there were, I think that three of the four guys that were brought there, you know, they, they want to bring it up to an even 20. I think that three of the four guys that were there were dummies. Now, I don't mean stupid. They they ain't stupid like Noah. I just meant that they a little dumb. You know, they, they dummies, literally, as in, like, not meant to be real. I think that 
Spencer was probably the main, you know, guy that they thought that she might have a connection with. You remember two of those guys got booted out immediately. Uh, Noah and Spencer have kind of stuck around, but I don't think that Spencer's role was ever intended to be like possible last minute. I think he's been purposely playing up the villain card because he knows that that was going to be his role. So stay with me here. Claire and Dale had the first like month of this show absolutely ridiculous. Like the drama level was so high that if they brought in a new bachelorette and if she didn't deliver on the drama aspect, viewers might get bored. So I think that they had to do a couple of placements to kind of keep up the drama factor on the show to make people, you know, you get all the romance that you want because she does have actual contenders there, but you also get a little stage drama. You know, I think Bennett kind of always knew that he was going to be safe. And I think, you know, we don't know if he's going to be safe or not, but I'm just predicting that Bennett gets to stay and maybe uh, Noah gets booted out. (laughs) I'm just rationalized that I'm thinking that this had a lot to do with uh, Claire and Dale, uh, fucking up the scene, you know, and I think it had a lot to do with him not being an actual contender. They want a little bit of, you know, planting drama. So, I mean, we'll see. It's kind of like when, you know, every now and then they'll bring in a housewife midway through the season. Like you remember how Eva Marcel came in midway through, what was that? Season 10 or season nine, one of them. I think it was season 10. She came in like midway through and then, like, uh, Catherine Edwards over there on Beverly Hills, the uh, city we do not acknowledge, child. Half the cast got COVID. Y'all ask, Garcia, Garcia, hide, hide, Garcia. These people out there, they out there sneezing and coughing. Uh-uh, don't do it, Garcia. Don't go to no more damn cast dinners. Not with Kyle ass. You know, you barely you barely like her ass as it is. You ain't got to go over there and be uh hugged up on her. They brought Kathy Hilton on the show just to uh, get that lady sick. I know Paris Hilton madder than a motherfucker, but that ain't got nothing to do with this. I say all that to say he feels like a cast member that was brought in specifically for the drama factor. Now, I don't know how true that is. That's just my conspiracy theory. I'm hoping that it's true. Let's go ahead and talk Salt Lake City. So, you know, with the housewives now, I don't like to go scene by scene. I really kind of like to extrapolate the big stuff that happened in the episodes. So we kind of kicked this episode off with Meredith versus Jen. Jen is apparently just huge on loyalty. And I'm trying to figure out who was in the right. Obviously Meredith. (laughs) But, you know, they have this kind of back and forth. She says that, you know, Meredith uh, doesn't want to be embarrassed by Jen, uh, you know, to tell her all these kind of things. No, hold on, I'm getting people confused. Meredith is basically saying she doesn't want to elaborate on why she canceled the sleepover because she doesn't want to go into the reasons that her children gave her about why they didn't want her in the presence. Jen took it really personally. She was having a bad reek. Her husband was nowhere around. I want to say her dad maybe passed. I don't know. I don't know if it was the anniversary of his passing or if he had just passed. I don't know. But she was going through a lot. I was kind of, look, I was eating a bologna sandwich, so I <laughs> I was a little distracted when they were talking about the dad part, but they were going back and forth, and Jen was going super hard, 
very hard. I mean, like unnecessarily hard. Meredith, I also don't feel like she's taking sides. I don't know. I feel like Meredith was offered to go to church. She went. I mean, like you can't be mad at somebody for wanting to find the Lord. That lady might want to be a clock sister one day. She might want to meet the bomb in Gilead. She might think that Jesus is a love song. When praise goes up, blessings come down. You can't stop that lady from uh, uh, going to church. Especially in Utah, y- y'all all about church. You can't stop that lady from doing that. You, you was doing a lot, Jen. You were being kind of messy. Honestly, in this confrontation, I was team Heather. Now, Heather was over there. Heather said, look, I might go over there and help Jen if she needed, like if she looked me in my face and I can tell she needs some help. Other than that, though, I'm waiting on these lollipop chickens, okay? I'm trying to see what these lollipop tenders taste like first, bitch, okay? Let me taste them, and then if they nasty, I'm going to go over there and help her. And then, look, they're supposed to be bringing me some mini tacos and some uh, a couple of hot wings, you know, a couple of uh, Parmesan garlic fries, you know, with a little uh, 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 cheddar on top, a little ranch on the side, give a little hot sauce, you know, a little Louisiana to put on top. You know, that's what we're doing, all of that. And then, once they do that, I'll check and see if uh, Jen needs any help. Lisa was like, uh-uh, fuck all that food. Y'all don't need no more damn food with y'all big asses. I'm going over here, and look, she ends up getting a piece of uh, Jen, too. Jen said, baby, anybody can get it. My favorite moment in this, though, was that, obviously, if you listen to the intro of this episode, then you know that Meredith telling her that she's going to disengage I'm disengaging from this. This is no longer productive. I will no longer engage. I choose not to engage. Listen, there was life right there. That's my new saying. I'm choosing to disengage. I shan't engage with this anymore. I know that's right. I don't engage with my uh, Uber Eats delivery drivers anymore either. I tell them to do contactless pickup every chance I get. But now look, you got to be careful with that contactless pickup that Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub and all that shit. I got straight dogs in my neighborhood, okay? If you don't get to that damn door quick enough, them dogs will be and had a good meal on your ass. But listen, that ain't got nothing to do with this. <laughs> nothing. As hard as I'm being on Jen, that shit was funny when she said, you taking sides with somebody that ain't fucks their grandpa? Bitch! Now that was funny as hell. I'm sorry, You know, Mary is my favorite character on here. Mary heard that she, everybody heard it and they all told Jen that was wrong. You can't be telling, you can't, you can't just be stating the obvious out loud. Like you can't be doing that kind of stuff. Them people been married for three damn decades. You can't be saying that to that lady. Jen storms out in a big huff. They go chasing after her, but Heather was really concerned about them damn, uh, lollipop chicken tenders. Okay. Or whatever the hell they was eating. This shit was too fancy for me. I don't know. I only know about lollipop lamb chops. Okay. And I barely can uh, afford to order them. So let me stay in my lane, okay? We see when Jen goes over to Heather's house, or maybe Heather went over Jen's. I don't know. Somebody went somewhere. I think Heather looked real comfortable in that kitchen, though. So I'm hoping it was at her house. I hope you weren't just rummaging through that latest shit. But Jen went over Heather's house, and it seems like Jen was ready to start Mad Day. Now, if you're not familiar with Mad Day, Mad day is when you fall out with somebody and yeah, you start going around telling all their business and you, it's not like a, a, a civil, uh, friendship ending. It's kind of like, okay, we not friends anymore. Now I'm your enemy. Instead of just being like, okay, we're not friends anymore. 
that's that on that. It seems like Jen is having mad day now. Jen is saying, look, I can't believe that I've sat here and, you know, I, I, she, what all she said, she's like, uh, she starts really telling all Meredith's business. I threw a party for you. And, uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't been telling people that you secretly divorced or getting separated and all this kind of stuff. And it's just a lot. Like, it's not a good look. And it seems like you taking out all your anger that should be directed towards your husband out on Meredith. But listen, that ain't my damn business. Y'all do what you do. Them people discussing (laughs) Mary's Met Gala invitation was the funniest shit in the world. Heather said the Met Gala is a location with a theme that changes every year. Chad, listen, Mary didn't care. You know, Mary country ass just wanted to uh, act like she was fancy. She, you know, she liked to dress up in them, them tacky ass designer ass clothes. And I love her for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Whitney then said, look, I don't know how to dress for this Met Gala cocktail afternoon luncheon. Listen, them cousins shady as hell. And I kind of love the shit. You got the shady cousins. You got Meredith and Lisa that look like they could be twins. They both had on their uh power woman business suits. You know that that's that uh when you get an, uh, an award for being an executive, you know, a power woman, a business woman, you wear them kind of suits that they had on. I know that's right, uh Mary and Meredith and child, whatever the hell y'all names is. The two uh <laughs> Wednesday Adam twins. Y'all know who the hell I'm talking about. Them cousins though, y'all are funny as hell. Super random. But I love the fact that they've been showing Mary hanging out with women on her own. You know, we've only been seeing, we actually saw Mary in her house with her husband and her child. That was great to see. And we've only ever seen her, I think, hang out with Whitney by herself. But it looks like she's really developed friendships with Lisa. She's developed friendships with Meredith. You know, Meredith came to the church. Whitney came to the church. She has a good relationship with her. I like to see it because Mary, I think might be my favorite on the cast. You know, I like that chaotic energy and I feel like she exudes it. I feel like who, I don't know. Mary just gives (laughs) Mary. I I think this episode too, what I'm finding out is Mary is a lot blacker than I thought she would be. Mary got some black ass tendencies and she got some chaotic ass tendencies, but they don't necessarily overlap. I don't know. They, she might have two ex- pre-existing conditions that don't have anything to do with each other. One is that she's so goddamn black, even though her complexion is not black. She in a black, okay? <laughs> she is in a black, but she is also outer chaotic with the clothes and inner chaotic with the way she acts. Mary said that long ass prayer and I must have hollered. We all got that one uncle who is just saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost. And we, you know, he come to Thanksgiving and he always wants to say the prayer, you know, or, or your, uh, your grandma wants him to say the prayer for some reason. You bow your head at two o'clock in the afternoon on Thanksgiving and you don't end up saying amen until 1130 a.m. on Black Friday. Lord, let me tell you, Mary said that that prayer was so goddamn long. Jen opened her eyes. She started giving herself a manicure. They were... I, I, damn, Mary, girl, this, uh, <laughs> all this damn caviar and eggs and shit you giving us, this shit getting cold. Come on now, Mary. She finally tells them people, amen. <laughs> and the only conclusion that comes in the episode 
is that Jen seems to be apologetic for everything that she's basically said this whole episode because they weren't feeling that grandpa fucker <laughs> comment that she made. She gives an apology to Meredith because she basically tells her, I expect the same kind of loyalty from my friends and when I don't get it, I'd react in a volatile way, basically. Mary felt like she didn't get no apology, but it looks like that's about to come to a head on episode five. Listen, if you still haven't gone on your Salt Lake City journey yet, you need to start it. They are giving us everything that a Bravo Housewives franchise should. Like, they are, I mean, everything. I look forward to them on Wednesdays so much, and I don't know whether it's because they have so many characters in the cast or if these women just know how to be housewives. I don't know what it is, but it's fair. Y'all need to be watching it. We are not worthy of having Salt Lake City, Atlanta, and Potomac airing at the same time. Literally, the only thing that would make this better is if Maritime Medicine was somehow fit into the week. Now, if you ask me, they can take OC's spot because I still ain't watched the episode of this shit. Child, they got Kelly out here doing all this PR and stuff. Y'all can kiss my ass. Let's quickly talk about Potomac. Now, we only go quickly talk about Potomac because this upcoming week's episode is supersized. This one, this episode wasn't a filler. It was funny as hell. And there was a lot of a drama that ensued. But Karen was kind of all over the place with this episode. You know, it wasn't none that was integral to the story. We only got to ask ourselves a couple of questions here. One being, was Karen wrong for inviting Monique? Now, this is where we get into the nuance. She had her come early, so she wasn't wrong for that, but she told them that she wasn't coming at all. And plus, it seemed like she was trying to invite Candace to come early, too, so that for somehow they can sit down and work this out. And I guess she didn't think it would end violently. I don't know. Luckily, Candace was late. Monique, Karen pushed Monique out that damn door so fast. Now, that shit was funny. Monique barely got three sips of that damn cheap ass wine Karen gave her. She like, damn, I got to go already? Okay. Well, look, my Uber driver just up the street because he barely had time to turn out this damn parking lot before you can kick me out of here. So let me call him and I'll go ahead and leave. Karen, you weren't wrong. I don't think you were wrong for inviting Monique. But as the grand dom, we expect you to be able to stand in your word. Like if you're, if you're saying that you're not going to invite her, don't invite her. If you want to invite her, invite her. It's your party. But on the other hand, y'all got to y'all got to kind of cut that shit out, okay? I feel like there's so much like so much surrounding the whole well, it's Karen's party. She can invite who she wants. But then Robin has to have Karen on the website. She can't cut her out even though she didn't have any good pictures. Now, why the two are different. I don't know. They both surround a person's businesses. And, you know, I know Karen didn't want about a gang banging at her business event, knocking and bucking, pushing tables and chairs and rearranging furniture. I know she didn't want none of that going on. So it startles me that there's so much discrepancy between how y'all give out agency with the different housewives. But you know what? That's something that's been happening since the beginning of time. I won't be the one to change it. I'm not even going to try. Karen, you were all over the place in this episode, though. That random shade that you threw towards Juan, 
did not make sense to me, nor did it feel warranted. It felt so, it felt like you were like insinuating, like Giselle told you in the last, or look, last one or two episodes that, yeah, Juan is planning on proposing to Robin and you keep bringing it up, you're trying to ruin it. And now you're also insinuating to the public, to Robin and everyone else, that you know that Juan is doing something either, I don't, I don't know if it was a cheating allegation that you're trying to allude to, but you wouldn't say, or if he's saying something while he's drunk. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. You, She was all over the place this episode. It just, none of it, I don't know. That's a mess, though, especially when you go into this girl's engagement party next week. Oh, Lord, I... Karen, do what you do. I don't I don't even know what to say no more. But the one thing that I'm glad we got out of this episode is that it seems like we are finally getting messy ass Ashley Darby back. Now y'all have been saying them uh Ashley Darby is Mother Teresa this whole season. I guess y'all are new watchers and y'all haven't been watching like we've been watching. Ashley Darby has been shaking the table since season one. So I've never, just because she had a baby, I've never considered her Mother Teresa. Y'all are more than welcome to keep doing so. That's one of the things we talked about on Mocha Minutes on the uh, We Got Notes episode. So I hope you guys tune into that. And but I, I'm glad messy-ass Ashley, the real Ashley, is finally starting to kind of rear her head again. We saw her rear it a little bit in uh, Punta Cana or whatever the hell they were, Portland, <laughs> wherever the hell they vacationed when she was doing all that with Candace at the table and then she revealed that she basically wrote that note for Monique to get back at Candace. So we've seen it, but then this episode, Ashley was just all types of messy and I loved every moment of it. Calling Karen on three-way and uh, addressing Karen and all this stuff at the actual event. It was, I, it was a lot, but... I needed this Ashley back because, I mean, you've waited all season to show up, but, you know, at least you're showing up, I guess. Hell, we got to take what we can get at this point. But you already know what I want to know. I want to know what do you guys think. Do you think that Tasia was wrong for throwing Easy out of the house? Do you think that Jen and Mary are ever going to be friends, or was Jen just showing up to eat up that lady free food? Do y'all think that... I don't even know what to ask about Potomac. Do y'all think that Giselle and Karen will ever be friends again? Because it seems like they really hating each other right now. Or do y'all think Ashley Darby is uh, being messy and back for good? I sure hope so, because Mother Teresa Ashley, I'm over it. Whether you love it, hate it, or indifferent, email me. HousewivesMarvelPodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram. Follow me too, HousewivesMarvelPodcast where we interact about everything so you can follow the video series that's coming so you can enter the contest that's coming and so you can keep up with the comings and goings of the podcast and where I'll be, whether it's on my podcast or someone else's or if I'm going to be on an Instagram live, a Zoom call, whatever it's going to be, tune in and follow me so you can get all of that goodness. And I'll see you guys this time next week. See ya! Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.